Hey everybody, Jarrett here with a quick update before we jump into the show. This is one of the episodes that we recorded back in our October hiatus, so we're rolling it out to you this week due to our traveling for Thanksgiving holiday, which made it a little bit difficult to record, but that's exactly why we did that hiatus, so it's paying off! But anyway, just wanted to have a quick note before we got into it, just so that way if you heard anything that you're like, wait, didn't that happen a long time ago? Yeah, it probably did, because we recorded it a month and a half ago. So just wanted to give that quick update to everybody before we got started. Enjoy the show. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Bonjourno. Bonjourno. How are you this I'm fine doing day? very well. Thank Great. you. Great. Actually, you know what? I'm a little tired already because oh you and me have just been sitting here just gossiping away about nothing in particular. It's been great. We sit around and we talk about video games so much here on Teen Jet Podcast, that, you know, sometimes it's, it's nice to just talk about other things. My vocal cords kind of hurt. They're already tired? <laughs> yeah, they're already tired. Well, strap in. We got about have done 45 minutes to an hour to go. or something. <laughs> <laughs> New episodes come out every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You can also watch a video version of each episode on YouTube. Head over to teamchatpodcast.com slash where to listen for a complete list of all the places the show is available. You can find us on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join our Discord server where you can chat along with us throughout the week when we're not here talking about video games on the show. And other than that, you can head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where if you'd like to help us make the show bigger and better, you can sign up there, get some cool perks like getting the episodes early, access to a private channel on the Discord server, along with some other cool early access tidbits and stuff like that that we like to send our patrons way if you can't do that that's no big deal we totally understand we're just glad you're here listening but we would appreciate it if you get some reviews subscribes whatever tell all your friends we'd love but we at the end of the day we're still just very glad that you're here to talk to listen to us talk about some video games oh i thought of a new reward silly reward tier Ooh, okay for patreon for the patreon nice so uh listeners let me know if you think this is legit and we'll make it happen we'll make it legit so, yeah we'll attempt to <laughs> uh so every time you say that like worldwide services you can find the podcast on services across the world wide web i was mm-hmm. like but what if somebody doesn't have the world wide web so this kind of defeats its own purpose because you would have to to be able to become a patron but it made me think how funny would it be if for like at the 50 dollars tier something outrageously stupid we would physically mail you like a cassette taped version of the show like get it preloaded with like two episodes because cassette tapes can't hold that much time <laughs> and then like put a bonus ode on the b-side i think that would be kind of fun well, my dad was a pastor he would actually record his sermons and he would do that oh he my would God, mail out really he would mail out cds dude we gotta do cds yeah. wow he was progressive we great. gotta do that that sounds so fun and stupid to me i like the sound of that do like we can like sign physical them. copies do you want physical not cds do you want old school cassette tapes Old school cassette. We can Where even we like even draw- find those and like record it to put that on eBay. We would have That's to find true. like old shit on eBay. We could do it though. That would be fun. We could do it. I think that would be really that would fun. Be really fun. Hundred dollars a month, for people. <laughs> 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 we'll send you a cassette taped version of the show with our prestigious autographs yeah. <laughs> gracing the front i'll even draw you like a smiley face on the oh I, I can make pretty good hearts yeah i'm terrible at hearts they really? all come off wonky oh i'm not a good artist what does that say about you that i'm a terrible artist uh, well that you have a twisted heart oh no 
I don't trust you anymore. I'm sorry. Anyways. We might as well just cancel the show. Let us know. Yeah. Let us know if you want that reward tier. (laughs) But today we're going to be talking about a fun topic, one that we're revisiting. It's one of our lists. We're doing a solid list episode for everybody here. And, but it's one we haven't done. I can't believe this. Episode 28. When you told me that before we started, I, I, and I still am kind of in disbelief. It's like, it's it's been over 150 episodes since then. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. It's technically it's been, been uh, over 130. Yeah. It's so, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. really weird to think about, and I don't like it. <laughs> I didn't even go back and remember what we even talked about, but what we're going to be talking about is some more of our favorite multiplayer maps. So we got a list of, each of us brought three to the table. And we're going to be sharing all of those with you. And so, uh, why don't uh, why don't you go ahead and just kick us off? I, well, I know last time I know we were talking about it before we started. You talked about King's Row from Overwatch, uh, one of the uh, one of the uh, Splatoon maps. I want to say it was the, probably Kelp Dome. I like Kelp Dome. I probably talked one? about Kelp Dome. I, I want to say it was the whatever the towers Moray. Oh no, I hate Moray towers. Oh, okay. I wouldn't then have talked. I probably mentioned it. Kelp I probably Dome. said it's definitely not Moray towers because blank blank blank. You don't like and it. And then I probably segued into Kelp Dome because I like Kelp Dome. And then the last one you talked about was plus it's fun to say say Kelp, Kelp Dome. Dome. <laughs> Kelp Dome. I know. It's the first time I said it. I tripped over myself. But then the last one you talked about was facing worlds. Correct. Oh From yes. Unreal Still, Tournament. Oh, uh, arguably objectively data driven factually proven facing worlds from unreal tournament is the greatest multiplayer map of all time so really nothing that i can list out today is going to be better than facing worlds uh but you know that's neither here nor there near nor far wherever you are i don't know why celine dion came in there (laughs) (laughs) but so nothing on my list today is better than that but it's still good and to kind of circle back to where we started last year um not last year like many years years ago ago, (laughs) uh, overwatch was probably still really new at that point right it was probably new and i was probably still like dazzled about it and like stunned and when i don't play many multiplayer games you know this in terms of online play so i don't play a lot of multiplayer games i don't have a huge map pool to draw from uh but i do have different opinions now as an older lady with more crow's feet that has continued to play overwatch for all these years not as much i'm definitely not as addicted to it as i was i've fallen off a lot but i still play every now and then because it's still so chill for me that it's even if i'm not playing with other like friends online i can still hop in and be competent and have a good time most of the time as long as i play the way i want to which is stupidly right uh so along those same veins there have been new maps come out but none of those are the one I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about one of the original ones. Ooh, a classic. Yeah, so like when Overwatch came back, came out, they had like, what, eight maps? Something like that. Something that like that. Right. It, it six can't, to eight. It can't have been more than ten. It was yeah. probably six to eight. And among those was King's Row, which I talked about great back map. in episode 28. It's I a still great love that map. map. I do, too. I still love it. I thought about it when I was thinking about this episode, and I was like, did I already do that one? And I did. So luckily, I'm going to talk about a different map that I love actually probably more now, and I should have talked about in the first place, Lijong Tower. Oh. I love great one. Lijong Tower. So I don't know why i picked a payload map uh so king's row is actually assault and payload because you have to take the point to get the payload and then you have to escort the payload to the end of the map it's a hybrid map Mm -hmm. which i like but arguably my favorite maps are all king of the hill where you just get to the point 
You have to take it, and then you have to hold it for the entire time. Great. Much like Splat Zones in Splatoon. So that's actually my favorite kind of map to play, so I don't know why I wouldn't have picked Lijong Tower all those years ago, except for that maybe the game was so new that I didn't know that I actually preferred the King of the Hill maps. Mm -hmm. So Lijong Tower, for those of you that have never played Overwatch or that have never played this kind of multiplayer game, uh, you are on teams of six, so it's 6v6, it's all online, everybody else is living people. Uh, and you are basically trying to, in a King of the Hill map, you're trying to get to a particular point of the map that is usually highlighted, and you just stand on it for X amount of seconds until you basically claim it, and you have to claim it by no one from the enemy team being on the map at the same time. Mm-hmm. So once you've taken the point, you then have to hold it for the duration of the match. I think matches are still like, what, three minutes to start i believe so and you have to it's i think it's usually winds minutes. up long, longer i think yeah. they usually average out to about 10 minutes but the per timer match. is on like three minutes right uh, and of course that can change depending on how long each person holds the map so you you're getting to a percentage though so if you're holding the map and you eventually get to 100 percent, then the match ends before the timer does alternatively if you get to the end of that three minutes and nobody has made it to 100 percent yet because of the back and forth between holding the territory you go into overtime eventually one of the teams will obliterate the other one overtime ends when you're the last person standing mm-hmm. that's why it's called king of the hill yep so lijong tower combines a lot of elements from my general life that are like my favorite things it takes the color red nighttime and a lot of like food Mm -hmm. because when you're going through night market for example there's a lot of like food stalls all around and i'm like this seems just super pleasant i like all of those things if you weren't there fighting if i weren't there fighting it would be really fun to just like hang out with your friends so that's why i like lijong tower because on top of it being the kind of visual feast that I enjoy. It's also really fun to play on in terms of the map structures. Mm -hmm. So of course there's night market, which is probably my favorite one. So it's got like a very, um, it's Lijiang tower. I think it's meant to take place in like Neo future China. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure maybe Shanghai or Hong Kong. Very unclear, but it's very futuristic and still has kind of that like, um, traditional Chinese flair in terms of things being very temple-shaped in a lot of cases. There's eventually gardens. Well, isn't the main tower in one of the first, like, the night market, isn't the capture version, the capture area in the night market like a temple? It is, yeah. Okay. So that's the one in night market is, like, the main capture area appears to be, like, a kind of open temple. Uh, And then in gardens, is it just called gardens? Because you're like outdoors. That's the one with the bridge, right? And it the looks bridges? like, yeah, it's got the bridges. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's just called I think it's just the garden area. Sure. We're just we'll going to pretend that. that that's People correct. Know what it's up. And then there's one that's like the control tower. And the control tower is arguably my least favorite map because it's the most technological. It doesn't have as much of the color red. There's not as much like outdoor space and open skies. Yeah, it's cramped in there. So it's very cramped. So I don't like control tower as much, but the other two I love so very much that I'm happy to be on them forever. Especially with gardens and actually nightmares market because they combine a lot of like open space where you can fall off combined with a lot of upward mobility you know i like to play characters that can fly mm-hmm. i love to play mercy and farah and anybody else that can get diva anybody that can get a lot of height in theory lucio but i suck with lucio so i you do know. i can never what, get with lucio. what can you do well, and it's great especially in the gardens area with because there are those two bridges and beneath them are just vast nothings yeah i love nothing more than knocking 
trying to knock a whole team like off there. I I think I did my best. I might have got like three people once using Roadhog's ult. Oh, nice. Oh, Very good. Nice. I love Roadhog's ult because it just yeah. sends them flying. But yeah, I, lo- I love all the environmental hazards. You know, they in buffed the Roadhog recently. Did you know my that? boy. They gave him like an additional ammo. Oh, yeah, he's back there. I forgot about him. They increased his ammo, and they did something good. against him that Five was Five is, like, not enough. It's not, so it's six now. They increased it. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Cool. I'll take they that. did something else that also made him I, I wish I'm like, oh, man, I wish I had one more shot. Yeah. <laughs> who gives an odd number? Well, okay, I guess the Mozambique and Apex Legends is also only three yeah, shots. Well, you know, the odds. But, like, I keep counting it in twos, and then I'm like, no, I'm out of bullets. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so they buffed him. That's whatever. The point is, Lijong Tower is simple in its design obviously it's a symmetric map because it's most multiplayer maps are symmetric Mm -hmm. typically not always i think in rare cases they're not but this one is very symmetric everybody's got the same resources but the way you use them and the way that you take space on the map feels very intuitive and the lines to the objectives are not like very clear there's a lot of ways that you can go around there's a lot of ways that you can get in through windows both in night market and in gardens and in control tower Mm -hmm. and i like all of that stuff because when i'm playing very selfishly i like to not be with the team if i'm just playing for me and i don't care if we win i want to go upstairs i want to hang over that ledge and like uselessly shoot at people because my aim is really bad but i just want to be able to go off and do my own thing and maybe still contribute a little and Lijong Tower arguably allows me to do that from all perspectives. Nice. So even when you do play with your team, though, it's still fun, I guess. <laughs> oh, no, I, I definitely like I think the I like Night Market. I think Night Market and the Control Tower are probably my favorites. The The garden area is a lot of fun, and I do have fun there, especially trying to knock people off and everything. But I don't know. I like the the. Night Market especially, because where the capture point is creates such a huge choking like a bottleneck. And yeah. it's kind of in the gardens too, well, I, I guess. I like that the behind the space of the Night Market is like a cliff. It's like a sheer edge. Oh, so yeah. you've got only your um, available area like in front thin. of you so if you it's very thin so if you're not a character that's able to fly or potentially save yourself from falling to death you're in a lot of danger all mm. the time and i think that's really fun yeah it's great what i think one of my my favorite maps still i think from overwatch is one of the originals as well temple of anubis by far my favorite map it's true temple of anubis yeah you like that one? Yeah. I hate Temple of Anubis. Why? I hate it. I don't like assault maps. Um, oh. I don't like double assault. Yeah. Like double capture point or whatever it's called. Uh, I think it's... I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't... I pr- much prefer Payload, Hybrid, and King of the Hill. Assault maps are arguably my least favorite. I like it, and I like Temple of Anubis especially, because the two points of the map... Like trying to get from the... The attacking team trying to get from the ship to the first point, you know, there's the choke of the of the big archway and then the bridge and everything, which kind of opens up more. But I like how basically you have to go through these two choke points. There are a little bit of, of routes that you can go around on either to the right or the left instead of going straight down the middle. But I just love how much of that of those maps, the combat is very focused to like two or three points. Yeah, I like my wide open space. Very like in, very just very hyper and active. You I don't be like any of that. I don't I, like oh, any I like of that. that. And I, I, I understand I why you like it now. And you must understand why I don't like it. I need my wide open spaces. I was either, if it wasn't going to be Lijong Tower, it was still going to be another one of the originals. I was going to say Nepal mm, because Nepal's I love great. Nepal just as much. It was a really close call. And then if I had picked from one of the newer sets, I would have picked Oasis. 
all I do three like of my top ones are all King of the Hill maps because that's just my favorite mode, period. They're all really good maps, but I think Lijong Tower has the most to offer me. I haven't really got to play in Plus it has holographic Paris? koi fish. Paris and... Uh, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Paris cool. is double assault. What's Paris and... Um, Havana. Uh, Havana. I don't know. I think I've only played like one or two times at Havana. Because most of the time now when I do play Overwatch, I am playing uh, the free-for-all. Ah, uh, yeah. The deathmatch. Yeah. I love that. It's so is fun. fun. Um, so my my map that I want to talk about is another one that's it's from a very old game, one that will bring up a lot of nostalgia for it, and that's honestly the only reason I wanted to talk about it because it's always my favorite. You level said to play. you thought I might know this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, it's Hyrule Castle from Super Smash Brothers on the sixty four. I didn't play Smash on the sixty four. Oh my god. Well, I mean, you can still play it in Super Smash Brothers, the current one. What does it look like? Are you like? not? I'll look it up. It's, it's basically just like Smash the Hyrule Castle. And, and, you know, there's like a tower in the middle. There's a lower area to the right. There's a little bit of a not quite so lower area on the left. And then there's three platforms on the middle tower and then a little house on the right side. And so it's a very open map. It's a smaller one, too. So it has some good verticality uh, yes. to it. Okay, but then I recognize it also this has now. these tornadoes that will appear every once in a while. And if you get caught in them, they suck you up and they throw you way up there high. Are tornadoes? This... Yeah, like that's well, one of the environmental hazards. Yeah, and I don't really understand why because it's on top of this castle. And oh my, I, okay, I actually see one like in the little yeah, image I've looked yeah, up. It just pops up and everything. That's so weird because there has never once been a tornado in Hyrule. <laughs> but there is in Super <laughs> the, Smash Bros. The only tornado that has ever happened in big air quotes Hyrule are the water nados that happen in Wind Waker. Oh. And those are not the same because it's technically not Hyrule. It's like the high seas, but mm-hmm. whatever. It's the great two thing. But yeah, okay. It's a very it's simple map. Very I mean, the, pointy. <laughs> yeah, it's very pointy, but it's just, it's one of the, it's literally the map I think if I was picking when growing up with my friends, that's one I would play. That really? Would this would have been your pick yeah. every time? Yeah, because it's just, my biggest struggle, and it's probably due to my skill level at Super Smash Brothers, because my, especially back then, my jumping and abilities to save oh, myself were terrible. Terrible. I so can't recover from Any shit. map, like, I like the DK Jungle one, too, but you, it's easy to fall off. If you miss that barrel that's going around, it's hard to get it, and then you get sucked into the river and everything that's going on, especially in the later iterations. And so anything where I can have a good fighting area and feel like I'm going to have a good fighting chance to not fall off and, yeah. and most... and lose because I killed myself more often than they killed me. I'm going to enjoy it. But Hyrule Castle, it's just iconic to me. Like, I feel like when you when you think of Smash Brothers, that's what I think of. And I love the fact that it's still been brought over into Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and I believe it's even in past iterations, but I'm not as familiar with I can't with believe those. that that's the one that you would consider to be the most iconic. For me, it is. They're like, for, yeah, I get it, but I'm just like... Of the maps that I would have immediately envisioned in my brain, that one was nowhere even. That close one, I would probably say, it's Hyrule Castle and Star Fox, the, See, the Star Fox ship. Like I don't, and this is not saying that I like it per se, but my brain like immediately populates Palutina's Temple. That's one of the first ones that comes to mind. That's the one I believe. I think I know which one you're talking about. It's kind of big, but it has like a lot of like caverns yes, and goes it really does. deep. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't even like. It that looks map. like a Greek temple. It does. Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. Mount Olympus. Mount Olympus. <laughs> the Greek. God's Icarus. But oh, yeah. uh, is that Icarus? Yeah, it is. I forgot that's what his name is. Yeah. He's even in Smash. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> or it's Pit. Oh, you're right. Pit. But is his it, game is Kid Icarus. Is Kid Icarus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I honestly really didn't have a whole lot more to go off of than that. It's that's just okay. one of my favorites. And, and, it, and I just wanted to throw it in there because I was, I know, I think, I was trying to remember all the ones that I did last. And I know I talked about uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 
shipment map. And so I was trying to think of, and that was an older one. So I was trying to think of like another game that I pulled from my younger gaming days. And that was just one that really hit on top for me was, uh, was Hyrule Castle because it's still one that I can still go and play today. I just kicked my nephew's butt playing it the other day. Why are you like this? Because, Leave your poor nephew alone. Oh no, but he I'm was, just kidding. He was actually it's beating me a character. lot more. Yeah. He was beating me a lot more and than it's, I was it's beating good him. for him to occasionally lose probably. Just had to take him to the home field, you know what I mean? The home field. <laughs> <laughs> I do know what you mean. <laughs> but so really, yeah, I didn't really have much more on that. So what's the next one that you got on your list? So this one, I'm calling it a multiplayer map. Whether or not you agree with me is kind of up for debate. Okay. Because it kind of crosses the line of being, is it technically a map? And is it technically multiplayer? I say yes. Debate me if you want to. Okay. So I have picked Flight of the Parabeetles, which is a level from New Super Mario Bros. Wii U. Oh, that's multiplayer. It I is multiplayer. That. So the reason you can do it solo. The I guess, reason but... that I'm calling this one a multiplayer map is that I think it is the most fun when you have more than one person there. Because Flight of the Parabeetles, you know what this game. Yeah, yeah, you I have the version for Switch. It. Yeah. Yeah, so Flight of the Parabeetles is a level in the Soda Jungle, but the Soda Jungle is actually really like this area of New Super Mario Bros. Wii U, that's such a mouthful, that is full of this very purplish water slash goo that is toxic. Mm -hmm. And if you touch it, you'll die. Flight of the Parabeetles, I think, might be one of the la latter... Uh, levels in this area before you move on to the next area, which is the meringue clouds. So I'm pretty sure that thematically flight of the parabeetles is literally meant to bridge the gap between the soda jungle and the meringue clouds. Nice. That's my theory. Okay. You can prove me wrong because I might be thinking that it actually takes place in a different order than I thought, but that would make sense to me mm -hmm. because there's no soda. There's no water. I am 91 percent sure, For sure. <laughs> that it's meant to be the last one in soda jungle leading into the meringue clouds so just want to give you a quick refresher okay. this is kind of what it looks like so first of all video people we will be yeah, putting video pictures. people or audio listeners i guess jump to the video so you can see these pictures so first thing i want to talk about is a the parabeetles themselves Cute as a button so when i was trying to think of the name for this creature because i couldn't remember it when i was trying to look it up uh i've typed in flying turtle mario totally forgetting that some of the koopas have wings and all i got were Annoying winged koopas bastards. and i was like no they're not as cute and they're not who i wanted so then thankfully i was like well they're kind of like flying beetles so i typed in flying beetles mario wii u and like it came right up and i was like para beetles yay thank you Nintendo. i actually didn't know that's what they were called i didn't know that either more you know but para beetles are basically these harmless creatures mostly they can kind of hurt you i guess if you hit them at the wrong angle but parabeetles are especially turtle-like because unlike Koopas, they don't have arms and legs. They're just an adorable little smiling face with a big red shell just right over their head and entire body. Really, they're just a shell with a, with a face. And two like adorable little angel wings just coming right off the side. Mm -hmm. And they just flap around and they're darn cute and they're basically moving platforms. And when you step on them, and this is especially true uh, a little bit later in this particular level, you can actually land on top of a parabeetle and it won't hurt you because again it's basically a moving platform and when you land on them i can't recall if all of them do it or if only some of them do it but when you land on top of them they immediately start flying in an upward motion so like the minute you're on them they're going up whether you want to go up or not 
And this becomes especially chaotic and fun when you have more than one person on the map because parts of this map, again, maybe all of it, I honestly can't remember, it's one of those levels that is constantly moving whether you want to be moving or not. So most Mario levels, you know, it's a 2D platforming game. You run forward or up in a linear manner, sometimes down, but you can always go back. Right. With the moving levels, once the screen has moved up to any given frame, there's no going back. I hate those levels because it makes me feel so under I pressure. I love them. And that's why I think this is such a good example of this particular kind of map, air quotes, that I really like. Because when you've got more than one person derping around in these levels, and then you also add in a ton of verticality and the ability to fly and potentially either get flown off screen or fall off a parabeetle to your death and get left behind. I think all of that is really fun. And then, this is something I may not have mentioned already, when you land on top of the pear beetles, they make an adorable little noise. Oh, really? They like make this cute little, I can't even really make the sound I'll, that they I'll, make. I would like to, you to try, though, because I have no idea, because remember, I can't play Mario it's like a, games yeah. with any... <laughs> <laughs> and then they like go upwards, but it's more high-pitched than that. I can't really make like high-pitched noises most of the time. Oh, that's funny. But it's really cute. I get cute. what you're going for, though. And then, as if the original parabeetles weren't cute enough, because they're little, right? They're like about the size of a regular uh, Koopa shell when it's um, compacted up, mm-hmm. Koop, Koop it up, turtled up. I don't know. I don't know turtle yeah. terms. I mean, I think that's that's what people call like overly defensive characters. They're, sure. they're turtling. Yeah, there we go. They're just turtling. So they're about the size of Mario and Luigi normally. But later in the level, you get big, giant ones, oh like God. huge parabeetles. And they're still adorable, and they still make really cute sounds, and they still move you off screen. So it's just a delightful level to look at. The parabeetles are really, really cute and fun. And then you add on top of that, this is just more and more and more things that I love about this level. Um, you add on top of that the fact that uh, to help with all of this verticality, and this is something that I think was unique to New Super Mario Brothers Wii U, you get the acorn power-up, which makes oh. you both like those little acorn squirrels. Flying squirrels! There we go. Uh, it's not, not the tanuki. tanuki. Oh. It makes you a little flying squirrel. It basically gives you like this little glider cape that gives oh, you the ability right, to... Right, when you like jump in the air normally, I think if you shake the Wiimote, that might be a little bit of a dated reference, you do something that basically makes you flap your little squirrel wings and you get like an extra boost mm-hmm. and then you can glide from there. So that's what kind of helps you fly, air quotes, around this level. It helps potentially save you from your doom if you've misjudged a jump to the next parameter. Or it might be what kills you because you get overzealous. You maybe get a little too excited. You flap your wings at the wrong moment, and then you just Fly glide a little too off. close to the sun. Yeah, you're just gliding off screen, and you're like, "Well, bye, Luigi." So I would say, "Fly to the Parabeetles" is one of the most fun and memorable levels that I played in all of that game. Like that's the one that I think of when I think of New Super Mario Brothers Wii U. It was just the most fun I had. Well, and especially too, when you add in playing with another person, like trying to jump and land on all those parabeetles, because that's the most difficult part, I feel like, of the Super Mario Brothers Deluxe and the one for the Wii U and the Switch and all that, is trying to play with other people, because you're jumping on top of each other, you're knocking each other off, you're trying to almost die, then screaming, bubble! That's what Sam Ooh, and I do. And at some points in the in this particular level, you might remember this bullet bills start coming out of everywhere. And some of the bullet bills are the size of the screen. And you have to make sure that you're high enough up that they miss you. Mm-hmm. And it's just a chaotic, good, fun time that is made better by having more people, which is why it's a great multiplayer map. 
So my second one on this list is one is another. I'm going back to Call of Duty because played a lot of Call of Duty in my day, a lot of good maps and from Call of Duty. But this one is probably one of the more iconic from the series, and it's Nuketown. Nuketown from Call of Duty Black Ops. The Black Operation. The first, the first of the Black Ops games. Nuketown. This map has become so popular. They have remastered it, reskinned it, whatever, for the later iterations of the Black Ops series, and even used it in some of the zombie modes and different things like that. But Nuketown, in its original form, which is what I'm more talking about, the map, in its obstacles and what and everything and its design, is the same. They basically just slap a new skin on it and, and you know revamp it for the new game. It has a school bus because it's supposed to look like a 1950s suburb. Oh, it's basically I see. it's what it is. It, it technically is a nuclear bomb testing site. Uh, so you know, it's like one you've of those, seen all those fake old, towns. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you've seen yeah. those archival footage. Of oh, them. that's fun. Yeah. And so that's what this game is. So there are like mannequins set up everywhere. Like people like. Oh, that's super fun and it's weird. Supposed to look, yeah. It's supposed to look like this fake town to Can be used for testing services. Can you go inside the houses? Yeah. There oh are only God. two houses in it. And that's what's great. Oh. It's another super small map. The one I talked about in this last multiplayer maps is Shipment, which is, again, anybody who's played Call of Duty Modern Warfare knows that, knows that map. And it's ridiculous because of how super small this one is. Uh, Nuketown is bigger. But still, there. so painting the middle picture for the audio listeners here, there are two houses on either edge of the map. What colors are they? Don't know. They just look like 1950s houses. Sure. Sounds great. That might actually be correct. I'm just guessing. <laughs> but, and then there's a street in the middle, which has some cars. There's like a bus, a uh, like a cargo van because it has set, like you can hop in and out the middle of it. It looks like a train car almost kind of thing that you can hop in and out the middle. You Is can it run a up the back. Minivan? No, it's no, it, it's like a big trailer basically. Mm, okay. that, or it's like a semi truck actually. I think that has like a cargo crate on the back that you can hop through the middle. It has a ramp going out the back of it and everything. And then at one end there's a there's and on both ends there's like a car that one's going. They're perpendicular to each other, basically. So the one on the, if you're looking at it from above, the one on the west side of the map is facing north-south. The one on the east side of the map is facing east-west, basically. And then the two things in the middle are also facing east-west. Gotcha. And so then each of the houses, though, have two levels. And some different rooms. Like they have like a kitchen, a garage, living room, all that stuff. You can go upstairs and there's some extra bedrooms in there. Fun. And those provide some outstanding sniper opportunities when you're upstairs. But it's great level design. You can access the upstairs from the outside of the houses. You can jump up on some obstacles and climb up oh, in there that and everything. Is cool. So you're never quite that secure. As a so sniper. people could come get you. Exactly, right. pretty easily. And especially if you're not using anything like claymores or motion de- detecting mines to help keep attackers at bay while you're trying to snipe like you can get overrun pretty quickly so you got to constantly be on your toes i must just love that about multiplayer maps i love constantly being on my toes and it being hectic and frenetic and just action going on all the way around me and that's exactly what nuketown delivers and both of these yards too i mean these houses they have a backyard so there's little areas and everywhere usually where all the spawn points are but it's just such a quick map you just can't rest and the matches, especially if it's a team deathmatch, go so fast. Is that usually what mode you're playing on this map, team deathmatch? Usually. Uh, my three favorites to play on this mode are team deathmatch and domination and hardpoint. Hard, because those domination, there's the ABC flags. There's, oh, okay. there's one in the backyard of one house. or Both flags are in the backyard. A and C are in the backyards. And then B is in the middle of the map to, on the, on the uh east side hmm. behind that one car that's pointing east west and again it's very hard to capture those because you have to really do it with multiple people if you're one dude trying to make a make a capture it's not going to work out very well but what for if you the other dudes are admiring the scenery 
then you're going to have a good time. <laughs> it's going to be really easy. Because those other dudes admiring the scenery are me. <laughs> I'm just out there you're to have there a to good have, time. You're just there to enjoy the barbecue. <laughs> I'm the just mannequins the, yeah, invited you I'm there for, for like the block party. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just, it's so fast. And then each side of the houses you can get around by either going through the houses or there are pathways on the right or left sides of the houses. And so with all these different pathways, all these different angles that you can get at, and the verticality isn't a huge advantage because of how quickly it can be accessed, it just really makes for a high-paced game. And especially when you're doing hardpoint, where you have to, where hardpoint's very similar to what you were talking about with Li Zhang Tower, how you have to go to these different modes, you have to hold them, you have to keep the enemy from getting from, and after a specific amount of time, the hardpoint will move to another area. Oh, okay. So capturing those and playing with those, you're very centralized, especially. And so it becomes a whole thing of trying to figure out how you can defend these tiny rooms, basically, from an onslaught of a whole other enemy team who are throwing in grenades, they're sending in score streaks to try to knock you out. It's just so They're saying fast. hurtful things about your fashion choices. Exactly. <laughs> Wish yes. that were a Call of Duty mechanic. I mean, you're just going to get the normal run-of-the-mill trash talk that Call of Duty is well-known for. See, I want them to be way more like silly than that. I want it to be like in-game pre-recorded character insults that are like, you got a C minus on the English test last week. I want it <laughs> to be so specific. Yeah. I want it to be dumb stuff. <laughs> so it's just, it, it's memorable for that reason. And it obviously is a great map because of how much they keep bringing it back in all these different for the later games. And it's one that I hope never goes away because they, and it keeps finding a place for itself in call of duty because it is such a blast to play on. And Add a little fun thing. At the very end of, e of each round on there, it has a cinematic showing a nuclear missile going off and destroying the whole map. How fun. Yeah. How delightful. It's great. Family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the top one for this episode? What's, your, what's, the, what's the one you got for us? My top one. Can you guess it? I'm trying to think of all the multiplayer games that I do know you, you play. I'll give I mean, you Overwatch a is the one that I know the most. It's one that I play consistently. Currently? Currently. Okay. I'm sure you can probably think I mean, of it. I'm assuming it, if using your going off your logic for incorporating the uh, the one from Mario, is it going to be from Monster Hunter World? It is. Man, it's from Monster Hunter World. So I realize uh, when we were planning for this episode that Monster Hunter World may have come out when we started playing. I don't think it had. We start we started recording a long time ago. Uh but yeah, I mean it, because it's only been out like what, a year? A little yeah. over? So, yeah. So yeah, this recording? It would have come out way after we had originally oh, recorded yeah. the first one. And even then I didn't pick it up at launch, so I was a late adopter. Uh so Monster Hunter World is a ex it's technically not, you've heard me talk about this, it's technically not exclusively multiplayer, but if you're playing it single player, it freaking sucks. Monster Hunter World, it doesn't suck, it's okay. Monster Hunter <laughs> World is only great, though, when you play it with other people. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily have to be your friends, you can play online and not be on comms, and you can still have a good time and join up with other people, but if you are playing with friends, it makes it so much better. However, none of that has to do with why I've picked this particular map uh, and why I like it so much. It's the Coral Highlands. You've been on the Coral Highlands. I don't know if I have yet. Oh my God, have you really not? Have you not made it that far? I still haven't played since oh, last time we talked about you it. You are in for such a treat because the Coral Highlands is the prettiest gosh badern. That's real words, by the way. The, the first map is the Ancient Forest, right? 
First map, it's Ancient Forest. I do love that one. It's very pretty. Ancient Forest sucks, and everyone hates it. Oh, I just like its look. I mean, it's fresh and new to me. I'm very new to Monster Hunter World. Eventually, you will come to hate the Ancient Forest. Because it's the first one. Because it's the first one, and you will be so bored of it. But the Coral Highlands is a treat for the eyes. Mm, So this... Oh, the picture's like really bad. Okay, here we go. That's what the Coral Highlands looks like. Oh. So that, that might really look pretty. like a small picture because it looks like a coral reef, right? Yeah, it looks like but it's under it's the sea. giant. Like if you were to be standing on one of these ledges, you would be tiny. So of an ant. it's a concept that I think is fantastic because most games throughout history that have ever featured a water level have sucked. Mm-hmm. I think... Many gamers will agree that in the majority of games that have a water level, the water level is the worst Oh, absolutely. One. It happens in Mario. It happens Donkey in The Legend Kong. of Zelda. It happens in Donkey Kong. The water level is always bad. So Monster Hunter World said, well, how can we give people the beautiful aesthetics of the undersea, like Little Mermaid paradise without having to make them play a water level? Easy. We're just going to take a coral reef, blow it up to giant size, bring it above water, and just pretend that it's regular land, and we're going to call it the Coral Highlands. Because that's where coral lives and thrives, is about water. So there's no water. There's no, (laughs) there's like a tiny amount of like puddles maybe like there are a couple of little tiny creeks and streams there's a couple of small waterfalls Mm -hmm. um that you actually can encounter but it's not like you're swimming your character swims a tiny tiny amount in monster hunter also how that work though if it was underwater so it's automatic so that's the thing anytime you're swimming in monster hunter it's usually an automatic action that gets you from one area to the next Mm -hmm. so let's say that in the ancient forest for example this happens a couple of times if you're down in the water and like it comes to a narrow point and you have to get from one side to the next your character might automatically dive they kind of do this little automatic swim and then they come up on the other side so even when you are technically swimming it's not actually a mechanic that you have to master or be good at it's an automatic transition that's built into the flow of the game which is a good thing Mm -hmm. nobody wants to swim in games unless you're playing that echo the dolphin game (laughs) other than that nobody wants to swim so coral highlands is all of the joy of the ocean and fish and undersea life with none of the inconveniences like sharks like sharks i mean yeah, there are no I sharks. I mean, there are monsters. There, there, granted, yeah, that there are hunting, monsters, but, still, but none of I'd them are sharks. Monsters. But the thing that I love about Coral Highlands, especially, is that even though technically you're not in water, everything about it pretends like you're in the water. So all of the foliage, air quotes, look like seaweed. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you go, it looks like another structure that you would find underwater. Uh, for example, when you first go down the map and you're going um, out of the standard camp and you jump down into the Coral Highlands, if you kind of follow the natural path down into the right, you get to this little alcove, this little corridor that's got like these big hollowed out structures okay. that are kind of small, but you can walk through them kind of uh, intermittently. And they basically look like big hollowed out sea anemones. Um, like uh, there's a particular type of coral that looks like this, maybe brain coral. That might be what I'm thinking of. But basically, they look like big, hollowed-out brain coral. And it's like, oh, my God, look at these fun little alcoves full of, like, bone piles and bugs and stuff. How delightful. Great stuff to collect. Uh, Yeah, it's all kinds of fun stuff. And then you go a little bit further down, and you see these things that look like kind of long tapeworms. Not tapeworms. (laughs) Undersea worms. Okay. 
sea hagfish, sea snakes. Sea snakes. They kind of look like sea snakes, but they also look like plants. And you're like, what are these creatures? Because they're kind of just floating around. They look like they're in water and they behave like they're in water. And when you get close to them, they get shocked shy and they go back down into the earth and you're like oh my goodness what are these little friends i just recently realized that they are in fact considered endemic life they're not actually plants and you can capture them oh really and make them your pets in your room back in astera well that seems kind of mean to pull them from their world it's good for them okay yeah and it's good for you more importantly builds their character because it makes your room prettier nice so yeah anyways they're called wigglers <laughs> that's, that's literally their name and i was like that's just delightful yeah. and the coral highlands is not only aesthetically beautiful it's pink and blue and purple and it's bright colors Very pretty and in comparison to the ancient forest and the rotten veil it's just nice to look at and you feel like when you're walking around it you can relax that being said it is still I feel it feels like one of the bigger maps to me because there's a lot of wide open spaces that you can go through. It has quite a few levels. It has at least three distinct levels of verticality. There might even be like a fourth little sub one or it might just be an especially low area. Mm -hmm. Uh, And oh no, it really does have some really high areas now that I think about it because it's apex where the Legiana lives, the big bad of the Coral Highlands. It's really high up there. You have to really climb to get to the Legiana. Uh, But there are so many areas. I just... This is not a joke. This past weekend, I just completed a little optional quest that I didn't know I needed to complete. But when I was finishing it, it took me to an area of the map I had never been in before. Oh, wow. And I was like, how am I just now getting to this area? I've been playing this game consistently for over a year. So it was just this weird little random side area. I had run right past it a thousand times before, not realizing that there was more back there because... Very mild spoiler for the Coral Highlands if you don't want to know this. There's a tiny little waterfall that you can actually swim under. It's a hidden area. And if you swim under this little waterfall, it takes you to this little secret place. And again, mild spoiler, you can tune out if you don't want to hear this, but the secret place behind it is where the Palicos of the Coral Highlands live. Aww. So there are all of those like native Palicos. They're yeah. basically the feral versions called, I think they're either called Gremelkeens or Linians. I think they're technically called Linians. Okay. The point is they're native kitties. They're adorable little indigenous native cats and they live behind this little waterfall and they're like, will you help? Help us. A big monster is bullying us. And you're like, oh my God, little creatures, I will help you. And then you know what they do? They make you a feast. They No, they don't make you a feast. But they, and you can observe them do this, they go back out into the Coral Highlands with you. And this will happen in nature, like even after you're done uh, with the quest itself. There are these small monsters in the Coral Highlands all the time called Shamus. They're called Shamus, like S-H-A-M-O-S. Shamus, Shamus. I call them Shamuses because it's way more fun to say it that way. So the Palicos, the Shamus is like kind of a small monster. It's probably, if it stood up on its hind legs, the size of you, the player character. So it's approximately human-sized, but it's basically a big lizard. And it just kind of like scuttles around. It looks like a salamander more than a lizard. Uh, And the palakitties, the native palakitties of the Coral Highlands, have learned 
to mount and ride the Seamuses like little horses. Oh my god! And you can How ob- cute is you that? can watch them do it, and it makes the Coral Highlands just next level amazing. It's the best thing about oh, that fun. map, and that's why Coral Highlands is my favorite. Sounds it's like a it. Great so many great reasons. Multiplayer map it, with it, when you're with friends, you can both observe the adorable palakitties. You can also play the map and play the objective and have a grand old time. And everybody likes the Coral Highlands. Or even when you're alone, there's still so much to see and do and enjoy that it just never gets old for me. Nice. I love the Coral Highlands. Sounds like a great I would one. I'm re- excited to get to that yeah, part now. I would retire to there. <laughs> <laughs> They'll just have a little house. It actually kind of reminds me of like how it's almost the sea out of water kind of thing. It kind of look. It reminds me. Did you ever watch that Netflix show, uh, Love, Death, and Robots? No. I did hear a lot about it. It was very buzzy at the time, but I, I didn't watch it. I loved it. it. And I think, you, I think, I think it would sure be the I kind of sci-fi would that like you it. would like. Yeah. But there's this one episode where it's these two traveling salesmen. And I th- it's got to be like in the 50s, 60s in the time period of this one. And they're driving through like the it is it's not specific, but it's like the Arizona de- desert, Nevada desert, all those places where not like Monument Valley, kind of that kind of desert that you're thinking of. And they're driving through it at night, or driving through it, their car breaks down, and they wind up having to sleep in their car overnight. And while they're there, they're like talking about like the older of the two salesmen is talking about how crazy it must have been when all of this was underwater, and could you imagine oh, yeah. what creatures were living there? And then in the middle of the night, they like. All these prehistoric creatures, they like have this vision of the, all these prehistoric sea life swimming in the, the sky oh, and that's around very them. Cool. So it, it kind of, when you were describing the, the, the Coral Highlands, it sounded, it very quickly reminded and me of that. And that's exactly what the Coral Highlands looks like. There are even creatures flying around in the sky in yeah, the Coral Highlands see? that look like stingrays. They just look like regular water creatures, but they're just out and about in the sky. That's a perfect, perfect example. It was a really, it was a really cool episode. It's so a fun it time. Me of it. Anytime you take water and put it on land, it's amazing. Nice. If that makes any sense. <laughs> I get what you're going with. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so my number one map uh, that I is one that I've probably spent a lot of time in this year, probably more than any other map that I've played this year. Is it from Apex Legends? It is from Apex oh, Legends. I have a good it is guess. King's Canyon from Apex Legends, which now they have their new map, World's Edge. And so as of now, with the beginning of Season 3, the when Season 3 began, King's Canyon is no longer in the rotation of maps, for now at least. When they might start rotating the maps in and out, but since there's the new map, everybody wants to play the new map. King's Canyon is a thing of the past. But still, King's Canyon was an outstanding map for a for a ton of different reasons, but really it's size for one, because it has to have be big enough to fit all the players for this battle royale mode to work. But it has a lot of great vertical areas. There are some, some planes, buildings to walk around in, and they have a lot of different changes. You know, I'm not going to try to describe every single area of this map. That would be it. We'd be here for a very long time. Because these are the maps time. that are the size of like the PUBGs and the Fortnites, right? Oh, yeah. It's a and massive And they have lots map. of tiny little mini yeah. areas within each one. I got you. But what makes Kings Canyon and Apex Legends in general kind of stand out is just how well these maps are designed. It never feels like there was one spot. Granted, there would be the player favorites and the fun places to go. Like a Bunker in Kings Canyon was always a favorite because it was a very tight choke point. It was basically an underground bunker that you would start at one point and you basically had to just run down a long hallway. And there were some doors on either side that you could go into these rooms, but it was very easy to get trapped. A lot of the time there was always very good loot there because of how dangerous the the location was. And so there would always be tons of big battles there. But on either side, on one side you go out of the bunker and it's just open field and you can see some more buildings and towns down the way a little bit. The other side opens up into I believe it's Cascades, it might be. I could be wrong. I've played um, Apex maybe two times. Yeah. And what you're describing does not sound 
even slightly familiar. <laughs> you exit one and there's like all these buildings. I clearly like a never went area. to this bunker. I'm so, sure I didn't. I mean, if you only played it twice, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of map that you choose. Plus, that doesn't sound like the kind of area I would ever intentionally go to. I probably saw it from a distance and it felt that looks too competitive. And I'm certain I went somewhere else. My favorite place to always drop, and a lot of people, it's one of the more popular areas, was Skull Town because it was just a, a, a town that was built around the skeleton of these giant leviathan monsters that you could see out the edges Ooh. out of the bounds of the map. But one of the things, other than all these different areas and all the different environments of Kings Canyon, the thing that I think really sets it apart is that, especially as the game progressed into its later seasons, like season two, they started throwing changes to it, which, you know, for, not no big deal, but not something unheard of. Fortnite does that all the time, changing out the layout of their map. I do love the fact that PUBG was the first one to actually bring in separate maps where you're not all on the same map but i love that apex did it before fortnite made a second map oh really fortnite, fortnite made a new just map keeps changing areas within oh. their same map oh okay so, which apex started to do in season two because gotcha. the, what's so great about it and what i do i do love about this map and why it's one of my favorites is because the lore of the game is tied very tightly into the map for example season two rolls around and the whole thing is that it's this this map, Kings Canyon, is basically an arena that was constructed for the purpose of having these Apex games. So, so it's not like an accident. Exactly. It's not like all this stuff. This thing, this place was designed and built for these games. It's not like they had a Neo-Pangeo where a exactly. bunch of different parts of the world smashed together and made right. one big continent. It's basically just an <laughs> island that they, they... The island might have been there, but then they built all the things is around it. Is it Australia? No, it's not Australia. Oh, okay. I mean, technically... Just would have assumed. I don't actually know where. I don't. Now that you asked me about it, it I don't feels really actually like know. Australia. Because, well, I mean, <laughs> Titanfall. Earth exists in Titanfall, but it's like in the far frontiers of space is where is where this game really more takes place. And so, but the, the, what's cool about it is that how the lore of the game works itself into the map. So in season two began, or in near the end of season two, uh, when they started teasing the character of Crypto, who's out in season three. Crypto destroys these the one area called Repulsor, which basically what it was is this huge tower that kept the shields of the island intact because there is basically a force field that kept the wildlife out. So you could see when the game launched and everything, there were these huge dinosaur-looking creatures called Leviathans, and they were in the water. But then once Repulsor fell, but because Crypto destroyed it, these Leviathans actually started in moving closer and closer to the map through the period of days and weeks until finally they actually became fixtures on the map itself. And whenever you would load into a new game, they would be, there would have these Leviathans and you'd have to start dodging them. But they also introduced a very small dynamic feature to the map where at certain points, the Leviathans would raise a foot and then drop it. And if you were under that foot, you would die. Can you pet the Leviathan? And you can run up to it and just like run into it, but can melee you, it? No, you can't can pet it. Apex is unplayable. It's an unplayable garbage fire of a game. <laughs> so when it, when they first announced that the Leviathans were going to be coming in, and that was like their first dynamic map changes, and when that happened, they did add some more extra areas. Like they added this one new area called the Cage that was like a really big tower. Uh, there was a like a scientific research center and all these different things. That was a really fun place to go. But when that started happening too, they not only introduced these Leviathans, they also introduced these creatures called Flyers that kind of looked like dragons, but they would carry around death boxes which is what would happen when you die in apex you drop it your loot box that you drop is called a death box oh and so these creatures would have one and they'd be flying around if you shoot them down they would drop it and you could collect the loot and Ew. normally had some pretty good stuff in there okay but and they Wait, wouldn't so if attack you, die, you 
and you have like really shitty loot, do they take your bad box? No. Oh, okay. No. I was about to say because jokes on somebody else that shoots down the no. They they spawn. They're normally on the, up like on a cliff or a mountain or whatever, and they have the box there. And then okay. if you shoot at them, they'll take off and carry it. And, and then, then you after have you shoot to shoot them enough, oh, okay. it'll drop it. That's kind of fun. No, they, and it is really fun. And too, if you weren't playing with them, sometimes the names the you would go over to the box and it would be like one of your a uh, friend from your friends list would be the name of the the death box <laughs> like so it was like an old That's old match funny. or something like that but so it added in i love the fact that they took the original map which was a great map on its own and then they started making all these big dynamic changes and then so not only did crypto have such a big effect on the look and the terrain of King's Canyon by destroying the repulsor and allowing the Leviathans come, to come in. Another new hero that came in later, Watson, who is this electrical engineer. Who are all these people? She I'm very behind. was the person who created the ring and the, created the force field. She's the, basically the science and the brain behind the repulsor technology. So when she was introduced, and she uses a lot of like elect- electric gates, like you can put up these pylons that put electric electric field oh, in between she's them. Yeah. She has a lot of great abilities and has been a, a really cool addition to the game. But I just love how they worked in those lore. The changes to the map were driven by lore, not just because it was, hey, we want to make changes. Yeah, that's fun and cool. I like that so, too. I feel like it's just a lot of... I mean, I could go on and talk about all the different areas of King's Canyon, but like I said, we'd be here for a really long time. Like I said, Skull Town was probably my, is probably my favorite place to go. Uh, I also really liked Bridges. Bridges was great. Is that the one that kind of looks like a little swampy area? No, that's just swamps. Oh, I like swamps. Um, <laughs> swamps was good, too. I always had some pretty good loot. But Bridges was cool, and then after the Leviathans came on, it was known as Destroyed Bridges because it was this like really big bridge that crossed a chasm or just a canyon that you could still go down and be on in the bottom of. Oh, okay. But still... Because it was like another village area. There's no fall damage in Apex, Not right? in Apex, unless yes. you fall off like the edge of the map. Oh, right. And But now I believe in, well, I haven't played as much at this time of recording of the new map, World's Edge. But there is like some lava in some different places like that that might hurt you. I like lava. Um, but anyway, so they they started with that, adding in some. And so probably later next time we do this one, I'll probably be talking about World's Edge. Because of what I've played so far, it's a great map. And... Um, but I just love how they, the changes were not only, oh, so what I was saying was when the Leviathans came in, the bridges area then became destroyed bridges. And so like that big bridge was, was broken. And so you couldn't take it all the way through, but it still had this big, there was one house with a, basically just a, a platform that extended off the edge of a cliff that you could be up on and looking down at this village below and, you know, great tactical vantage point if you were fighting people from there. But there was a big hill behind you that people could come down from. So it's not necessarily, it's just great. No place in there felt totally safe. You know, you were always never totally a hundred percent. We are, can hold this place no matter what they throw at us because you can always have an enemy come from other places. And with as big as map, a big a size as Kings Canyon is, I feel like that's a really, really big achievement for the respawn team to have made. But I mean, respawn is really good at making maps in general. The maps of Titanfall two, which I'll focus on in another episode, but some good ones, like angel city, such a good, when map. are they going to put the Titans into apex? I don't think they ever will. I just want them to do like for a one week special event, put like 10 Titans 
randomly spawning into the Apex maps and just have people have at. See, I don't think they ever will because that's the reason why they never did in the beginning is because they couldn't figure out how to put the Titans in without it without it swinging the balance. Of the- no, that's what I want. I well, want it to feel incredibly unbalanced. I want it to be an insanely unfair advantage for whoever gets to the Titans. And then when it's like the last two Titans standing, I want them to have to epically battle it out. That would be And really I don't cool. want it to be fair and I don't want it to be balanced. I want it to be insanely radically unbalanced with all the the you know the competing for the different battle royales to stay on top fortnite actually did put mechs into their game <gasps> and was them. immediately brought with people being so mad because Good. of how overpowered that's they were. exactly what i was hoping for so thank I hope, you fortnite <laughs> i hope that apex doesn't do it but for the amount of time that i was able to spend in playing king's canyon and exploring all the different areas and finding those fun vantage points and defensible locations and different things like that with the added dynamic changes with the leviathan and the adding it in with the changes being built into the lore, I think King's Canyon stands above a lot of other multiplayer maps to make it one of my favorites of all time. A solid choice, my lord. Why, thank you. Is that why you secretly like it? Because you are a king? No. And it's called King's whatever? No, I actually hadn't thought about that oh, at all. Well. But now the, now the correlation's there, so there yes, you I do love it. <laughs> you should have just said referring yes. Referring to being a king as from a, as one of my favorite lord, games Jared. is Stronghold, the Castle Sim Builder. That gives me lots of joy to play and I, although I do hate hearing when a malady has struck our cows my lord <laughs> please make fender a little cow costume for halloween he's and got then, cow spots kind of already and then you can be my lord jared and you can like you can just <laughs> cosplay yourself <laughs> like it's a great costume make fender play dead that would be so cute <laughs> well that wraps up our list of multiplayer maps our volume two of multiplayer maps. I can't and as believe always, it's only volume two. I know. I thought this was one we might have done again, but I was Apparently looking back through not. our archives and no, not touched it since episode 28. Sure. But we would love to hear what some of your favorite multiplayer maps are as well. So send us an email at teamchatpodcast.com, comment below, and let us know. We'd love to talk about it with you. But before we go, we do have to do our soundtrack spotlight for this week, which Mogan has brought to us. Of course, I'm going to pick the Lijong Tower theme. It's, good it's one tune. of my favorite ones. It really only plays right when your uh, the load screen for the map is coming up, but it's a really nice track. The composers are various because Overwatch is a very big game, but the ones that we know are Neil Acri and Derek Duke, so it might be composed by one or both of them or others. Various. Various artists to bring you the great theme of Lijong Tower. So listen to that after the close of the, of the episode which is pretty much now. Until next time, everybody, I'm one of your hosts, Jerry Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all next time. Stick around for the song.